G'day and welcome to Imperial Rebel Orc Podcast. My name is Eero and this is episode 32, where I'll be talking about right and wrong in the hobby and everything in between. Pick up the brushes, pick up the paints, pick up the models and crank the music because it's time for The Imperial Rebel Orc Podcast. Right and wrong, do's and don'ts. What do I mean exactly? Well, it's all subjective, of course. What's right to me might not be right to somebody else. Things that I would never do, other people might go, absolutely, I would do that. And what I'm referring to is things like it could be an overly violent diorama with heads coming off or, um, you know, guts splayed out all over the road or, you know, overly gory. (laughs) Or it could be... You could be doing a diorama of a political setting. You could be doing some protesters, for example, with banners saying BLM on there. Um, You could be, oh, well, recently I had the dilemma of do I paint swash stickers on my my German um, bolt action miniatures and things like that. So that's what I mean. Not not really the technical do's and don'ts. Not like, uh, you know, don't put your paintbrush in your coffee. <laughs> that's obviously a given. Um, it's more about the, the content or what's going on with the actual miniature. I remember a very small example of this for me personally. Um, right at the beginning of me starting my blog, I, you know, started to dabble with some kit bashing and I'd made these, um, I'd made some Imperial Guard, but I wanted them to look a little bit different and I gave them some different weapons and, um, I also gave them a different, one of them a different body. Excuse me, Jesus. It's not coronavirus guys, relax. Uh, just a frog in my throat. Uh, so yeah, so I made this little dude and he happened to have a Gene Stealer cultist body with some Gene Stealer cultist iconography hanging from his belt. Now I didn't, because I was kind of a novice and I didn't really know about the different factions and stuff like that too much. I just thought it looked cool. He had a guardsman helmet and he had a knife and a gun and blah, blah, blah. So I put him up and, and like I said, this is only a very small example. One of the blog followers uh, pointed that out and went, oh, is is he a traitor or what's uh, what's going on with him? And I was like, oh, what do you mean? He goes, well, he's got the Gene Steeler cult iconography mixed in with the Astra Militarum head. And I was like, ah, oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I just made it to look good. And that's <laughs> that's kind of my rule of thumb with conversions five years later, even though I understand all the differences and stuff like that. I, yeah, I, I tend to just mix whatever looks good. And I suppose it's because I'm a converter and, and modeler first and not, and a gamer second that that doesn't really come into it for me. But, um, that's just one small example of how you might do something and somebody else might go, what the, like this, this guy was great about it. He wasn't like losing his mind. He just sort of pointed out and was like, oh, so what's, what's happening with these guys? Then of course, course, you've got the hardcore, um, historically accurate guys when it comes to things like World War II or, you know, uh, a particular era in history, if you're going to be doing tabletop wargaming or painting miniatures in a certain way. Um, some people can get really hell, I think I've touched on this before, some people can get really hell bent on the really finer details. Now, fair enough, if you've got 
if you've painted a whole German army to look like the British and you, they're, they're sporting Union Jacks and stuff like that, like and, and you're going into a, a tabletop war game sort of scenario, then that could be confusing or misleading or whatever you want to call it. Um, I tend to think, well, just sort of do whatever you want, really. But I can, I think that's stretching. I think that's going too far. But the hardcore people, what I'm talking about, are the ones that go, well, that's the wrong coloured leather for that particular satchel, you know. And and they're out there, people. Believe me, they're out there. And that's <laughs> that's okay if you're that person. Um, but I would say the general population isn't that hell-bent on getting every single detail down to perf- perfect, you know what I mean? Um, I think, like, for me, for example, painting some Aussie Aussie troops from World War II recently, um, I went with, you know, like a khaki green and, and tan colours and stuff like that, and I thought they look good. And when I referenced them to, to any coloured photos that I could find, they were pretty bloody close. They might not have been exact, and especially when it came to painting, I painted a Matilda tank. That wasn't exactly right, but it looked right enough in my book. Now, the next chap down the road might go, oh, no, the uh, the track wheels are, uh, they're all wrong, mate. But uh, I don't know. I think for me, as a modeler, as a painter, yeah, that would take the fun out of it for me if I really got bogged down with those, those details. I read an article recently on a blog, um, just the name of the blog escapes me, where the guy was talking about gore in his um, dioramas and his miniatures. Um, it was mostly dioramas from memory. Now, some of the pictures, you might be able to find if you just Google it, I suppose, but some of, some of the... Um, the pictures were quite graphic, like it was depicting um, war scenes but um, in the diorama, but there was, you know, dead bodies, there was blood, there was decapitations, there were, you know, some pretty horrific stuff. And I, I am guessing that his statement was sort of saying, yeah, well, war is hell, which it is. And he was really sort of displaying that. Now, he was sort of referencing the fact that some some of his followers got a little bit upset with that. And I can see, like, it is very blunt. It's very in your face. I just can't remember it. But if you Google it, I'm sure you'd find it. But, you know, I, I can understand why people would go, oh, that's a, that's a bit too much. But at the same time, I can un- completely understand his point of view. And it's, I guess it's that thing where maybe he should have put, I don't know if he did or not, but maybe he could have put a warning up first to sort of say, look, just understand this is going to be quite graphic, like you would with a movie and all that kind of thing. I remember years ago, um, the movie Saving Private Ryan is obviously, if you're, if you're familiar with it, which I'm sure you are, is very graphic and it's very real. Um, now, when I went and saw it, um, I felt affected by it. I was only a young fella, but I felt affected by it, but not in a like disgusted way I was I just was like oh my god this is intense you know which the, those those opening scenes where they land on the beachhead is full on like it really is full on and I remember reading after the fact that um there were two trains of thought like a lot of the veterans had gone to see it and some were saying this is good because it shows the younger generations what we went through and and that it and war is hell other um, uh, veterans, which my hat goes off to all the veterans, they were sort of saying it's too much. It's it's too much. Like we want to put this behind us because 
we want to move on and all that kind of thing. So I, how can you argue with that? So I get that as well. For my part, I do like a bit of blood. <laughs> I learned fairly early on in the game that um, less is more. Um, another blog follower, uh, my one of my hobby heroes, Wudugast from Convert or Die, um, he loves a bit of blood as well, but he sort of hinted towards the fact, because <laughs> he's such a gentleman, he sort of hinted towards the fact that less is more, because I was slapping that blood for the blood god. I was slapping it on everything, you know, like spatters of blood here, splat. And I thought, yeah, well, you know, these guardsmen have just gone through hell, like fighting these tyrannids, so they're bound to have blood on them. But looking back, <laughs> I can go, yeah, the ones with just a little bit, they do carry off a bit better. So you might, I do the old, uh, the old toothbrush, uh, yeah, toothbrush trick where you dip the toothbrush in some um, like watered down blood for blood god, and then flick your thumb across it, and it gives this nice spattering of blood. Looks very realistic, like so. You've just got flecks of blood, um, but up close, you look at the model up close when you've taken the photos or whatever, and it looks, it looks just right. Rather than getting your brush and going and splodge on his face, <laughs> which I think occasionally that's that's okay. But yeah, definitely I've learned for gore, the level of gore, uh, less is more. It, it really depends what I'm doing though, I suppose, but that's my general rule. Um, but I did a, um, an orc war boss uh, about 18 months ago where <laughs> he's got a corn bazooka, he's got this massive drill weapon thing and he's got it raised in the air and then hanging off it, like, like he's skewered this guy, a, a a corn berserker from chaos. So he's got this drill going right through his guts and then there's blood everywhere on that one. And that, yeah, that works for me. And of course, if you're doing zombies, then more is more. Like when it comes to gore um, and blood, then I think you can go a little bit crazy. Brains, I want to eat your brains. Ricky Gervais said, the comedian, said, just because you're offended doesn't mean you're right. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. I think in this world that we live in today, in 2020, it's uh, hard not to put a foot wrong, especially if you're not especially, I think anyone can put the foot wrong, really. We, we live in a very politically correct world. But <laughs> like I said earlier in the beginning of the show, everything's quite subjective. So what's politically correct and okay to this person living in this corner of the world is not okay with the other person in the other side of the world. Does that make sense? So it's it's really tricky to go, to try and please everyone. And I, I'm old school. <laughs> so I sort of think if you can't please everyone, then you got to please yourself, just like the song goes. Um, I never go, I never set out to upset anyone and especially with my hobby especially of course it's just it's little plastic men but I still was concerned when I and I put up the question on the blog whether it was okay to paint swash stickers what I just because my half of my brain was sort of going well I'm representing history and I want to get it right um so therefore bang this is our history I shouldn't be worried about it um I mean we can pick up a history book, we can watch a documentary and we see the swastikas everywhere. So what's the difference? And the other half of my brain was like, I hate that symbol so much, of course, <laughs> um, because where it sends your mind. Um, 
I thought, why do I even need it? Why? Do, why? I can just make it whatever I want. Or maybe I could do a different symbol. Or I had so many thoughts going through my head. And it and it it wasn't just for the sake of I didn't want to upset anyone, of course, but but it was more for my own self. I just felt like, oh, do I really need to do it? And I, to be honest, what it was as well, I couldn't imagine sitting there. And painting all these little swastika armbands and feeling good about it. Like I just, and I love my hobby and I, I, because it makes me feel good when I paint. It makes me feel good when I build. So why would I want to build or paint something that I was feeling like I was going to vomit over? <laughs> you know what I mean? And maybe that's me being too sensitive. But guess what, guys? I do have a sensitive side, believe it or not. Um... Anyway, so after much meditation and and deliberation and and uh, also liaising with several people on the blog about it, one key thing that made me feel a lot better was that uh, if you look back in history, the the symbol wasn't used a lot as far as out in the field. So the, it wasn't um, splashed all over the German soldiers. It wasn't splashed all over their tanks. Uh, the Luftwaffe. Luftwaffe did have it on their tail fin, I believe. One of the one of the bloggers mentioned, um, and obviously it was part of the the party, the Nazi party. So in the early stages, and and of course in town, you, the flags and 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 signs and stuff were everywhere and posters. So that made me feel better anyway. And then, but what the decision was in the end was that I came down to, well, I'll have one little miniature and he'll be my Hitler <laughs> miniature. He'll represent Hitler, uh, which was the Sir Oswald Mosley figurine from Warlord Games. And I'll paint one swastika on that guy. And then I would use that guy. And this was a recommendation from, from one of the blog followers as well. I'll use that guy to be like a, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, like he'll be the mission. So like to kidnap, kidnap him, assass- assassinate him or objective. That's the word I'm thinking of. <laughs> he'll be the objective, uh, in some scenarios. And that, that made me feel better. And I thought, okay, so I'm still representing the fact that there were Nazis. I'm not turning a blind eye to any of that, but at the same time, I'm not, you know, flaunting it and going, look at my huge Nazi army. Of course, though, you've got some people out there that, you know, um, get their rocks off by stirring the pot. And that's okay. I think, I think I used to be more of that person. I'm not so much anymore. Now I've got older and slowly got wiser. Um, (laughs) um, I'm careful not to upset people, but I don't go out of my way to not upset people. Does that make sense? I'm sort of somewhere between. Like I'll always be myself. I'll always speak my mind. I'll always say what I think. Um, but and and at, even sometimes at the risk of it might upset some people. But I think anyone that really knows me knows that I'm not out to try and upset anyone. That sort of leads me into another part of this uh, do's and don'ts and rights and wrongs <clears throat> subject for today's show, and that's the the way we conduct ourselves on social media and giving feedback and criticism or or pointers or whatever you want to call it to other hobbyists. Um, I think social media is such a great thing for that, for the sense of community. And especially, I don't know, other communities, maybe the, you know, the um, darts community is just as loving. I don't know. (laughs) But as far as miniatures go, I... I haven't come across any hate for myself per, uh, personally. Um, I have seen some pretty harsh comments on other people's work and all that kind of thing over over the years. 
Uh, and you can sort of, I think there's a fine line. Well, no, actually, it's not a fine line. There's constructive criticism, and then there's just being an asshole. <laughs> now, that's the other thing that social media is, is uh, oh, sorry, social media is bad for this, where it's got your keyboard warriors, your trolls, or whatever you want to call them, uh, just, just dickheads, in my opinion, who get online and purposely want to upset someone just for what some kind of evil twisted reason i don't know i don't get it in a world in a, <laughs> you know 2020 and we've still got people out there doing stuff like that it just it blows my mind um but anyway i think the 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 thing is we shouldn't respond to those we should just ignore those people completely now i find that hard myself i i've i've jumped into conversations, I've jumped into debates, even when I know it's pointless, even when I just sort of go, ah, why am I even getting involved? Because it's not like I'm going to change this person's opinion. And, but I find it hard to be quiet. And there's also that thing in me that if you're a fence sitter, if you're quiet, then you're almost condoning it, you know, you're, so you've got to put your hand up and say, hey, this isn't on. And one little thing that popped up recently on Instagram is um, hobbyist against hate. Uh, that's the hashtag. And I think it's a cool hashtag because what it's saying is it's sort of saying, hey, you know, this isn't on. And if you're if you want to give criticism to someone, that's okay, but do it in a respectful way. And now I think it doesn't matter where you come from, which country, which background, which culture, whatever, I think everyone knows what respect is and everyone knows how you should treat another human being and if you're going to go online and look at someone's miniature that they've spent time they've put time and effort into and then just go this is shit it looks like it's been done by a five-year-old or what you know like like come on mate like take a step back and and really think about it if you want to make those comments. And and of course, this, I mean, this humble little podcast isn't going to stop anyone from doing that. I guess I'm sort of just venting some frustrations and sort of just thinking, like, really? Come on. Like, if you don't like something, that's okay. You don't have to like it. So, But you don't have to make that person feel like crap either, you know? And why not, instead of going, if, even if you do think that, if you do think, wow, this is a, this is an absolute disaster of a paint job, you might feel that, you might think that, but just for the sake of trying to help the other person, why not say, hey, like, really like how you've done the blue, but the, the boots look a bit globby, or and maybe try watering down your paints. Like, be helpful. Don't just crush them because who knows who's on the other side we don't know unless you do actually know them but <laughs> but to me I've got you know a certain amount of followers and I and I follow a certain amount of people on Instagram I don't really know them I know them as far as the pictures they put up and some of the comments they make and you start to form a bit of an idea of okay I think this guy is probably similar age to me he obviously loves metal music because he puts up some metal music images occasionally um <clears throat> But still, I don't really know who they are. But so what? So why would I be nasty to them? Now you might, and maybe this is extreme, and shoot me down if it is. But you might go, nah, this this is a piece of crap. 
um, miniature that this person's done. It's a horrible paint job. I'm just going to tell them. I'm going to. That's who I am. I'm very honest. I'm to the point, and I'm going to say, mate, this is shit, and you should give up. Give up while you you still can. <laughs> Something that harsh, right? Now. This other person sitting on his computer on the other side of the world, they may be depressed. They may have some issues. They may be overly sensitive. They may be, this hobby is their only outlet because their family life is horrible. Their work life is horrible. They're bullied, no end. And this is their outlet. This is their thing where they go, oh, I can just go on here. I can put up, I can paint my miniatures. I can put them online and I, I can get some likes and that makes me feel good. It makes me feel good about myself and it makes me feel good about my hobby. That's, that's a beautiful thing. And then all it takes is one person to make a horrible comment and that might make that person who's painted the miniature pull away or crash or just go into a slump. Now, why would you want to be responsible for that? I don't get it. I don't get it. And like I said, maybe <laughs> maybe I'm overthinking all this or being too sensitive, but it just, it, it really does get my goat when people can't err on the side of positivity. They, they straight away go to the negative and we're all guilty of it. Don't get me wrong. Like I have good days and bad days, of course, but I, I try desperately not to take it out on anybody else. I just sort of go, all right, I'm a bear with a sore head. I need to go and do my own thing for a while or whatever it is. I wouldn't go online and vent like that or, or take it out on someone or, or just target someone and just be a prick for the sake of being a prick. Ah, okay. <laughs> Sorry for the rant, guys, but it was just a couple of things that have been bugging me this over this last week. And it's things like that, that that do shit me. So if you do have Instagram and you're putting up pictures and all that kind of thing, then then definitely do use the hashtag hobbyist against hate. I think it's a it's a nice, simple, but real message to put out there to the world and just to remind people that, yeah, you can be critical. You don't have to make it all fluffy and lovely for everyone, but there's a way of going about it. You know what I mean? Like you, instead of crushing someone, um, with your, you know, supreme honesty, then <laughs> why not just, uh, with kid gloves, just sort of approach it nicely, approach it in a positive way. Definitely point out the things that you don't like, but then try to insert some positive vibes into it. You know, maybe I'm just an old hippie, I don't know. But that, <laughs> the more we do that, the more we put out the positive vibes, the the better the world's going to be. We're always going to have, there's always going to be bad things and there's always going to be good things. It's up to us to keep the balance. You know what I'm saying? That's what I teach the kids. That's what I hope they teach their kids one day, that there's always going to be bad shit going on. There's always going to be the do's and the don'ts and the rights and the wrongs and the rights and the lefts. But if we can, if we can just keep the balance, if we just treat everyone the way we want to be treated ourselves, then it can only be a good thing. It's the Imperial Rebel Org Podcast. It's time for a hobby spotlight. Yeah, that's right, a hobby spotlight. I haven't done one for quite a few episodes, actually. Um, there's been no rhyme or reason why I haven't done them. I think it's just because I've had a lot of other things to say in the show. I try to keep the shows sharp and snappy, um, short but sweet. Um, I can't think of another analogy. Um, small and cute. <laughs> like a vole, like a vole. Um so because of that, you know, I can only cram so much in and yeah, the hobby spotlights have sort of taken a bit of a backseat. But anyway, so 
it, who I've got on board today is um, a chap I've been following for about five years, four to five years over on the blog. Um, his name's Mark, uh, but his online presence is Heresy of Us. So the blog is www.heresyofus.com, and you can find his Instagram page, which is Heresy of Us, with an underscore between each of those words, heresy underscore, you know, blah, blah, blah. Absolutely brilliant work. He loves his Ink 28, 100%. Like, that's his, that's his passion, that's his love. The work he does is so grim and so dark and executed perfectly. He's a great converter, brilliant converter. Like, I don't think I've ever... Oh, I might have seen some space marines that weren't heavily converted, but most of his miniatures are out of this world and sort of made from all weird and wonderful bits and and he just, I don't know, he's a magician. He's a magician is what he is, the way he makes these miniatures work with his converting and kit bashing. Um, and definitely a huge, a huge inspiration to me. But not only that, what I love is that he is also a fantastic painter. It's very uh, grimdark, very blanchitsu. So, you know, you're not going to see any bright pinks and purples. You're going to see bruised purples. You're going to see a bit of blood and you're going to see some, a lot of dark shading and muted tones and stuff like that. Just, just so good. His work is just phenomenal. It really is. He's a very humble chap. So even me saying all this, he's probably squirming in his pants a bit. <laughs> but just take it, Mark. Take it. It's really, it's absolutely mind-blowingly good stuff. Um, he's not. Uh, what would you say? He's not overly prolific. So unfortunately, like I wish there was an up a post on his Instagram every single day. But of course, there's a lot. He puts so much time and effort into his work, that's why, you know, you got to wait for the masterpieces. Whereas me, I tend to crank out a lot of, um, like work in progress shots and stuff, which I like. I enjoy doing those. <laughs> I think I just get excited. I think I finished a model as far as converting and then go, oh, wow, I just want to show people. Whereas most people, I would say, they wait for the finished product. So they go, this is painted and it's done. Now I'll post a picture of it. That's okay too. But yeah, Mark's work is just phenomenal. I, I was very lucky to be invited. I think I've mentioned this before on the show. I was very lucky enough to be invited to a um, a game that he basically put together, a narrative style Inc. 28 game uh, called The Chapel. Brilliant setting. Basically, this planet that was just one big scary planet, and there was a there's a scary woods like forest, and there was a chapel in there, and all these war bands had to go in there and and sort it out, and it was it was so cool. But unfortunately. I didn't actually get to attend the event, um, but I was, you know what? I was just stoked to get the invite for one. I, he, he asked me via the blog, would you be interested to make a warband? And I was just jumped at the chance. It was my first time doing something with like, um, oh, what am I trying to say? Like with a community, like, like getting involved in a project, a shared um, project with someone. And I haven't done a lot of that, but that was the first time, and it was really cool. I actually, it put a fire under my ass. Like, it definitely made me go, right, what can I do? And it, the other thing it made me do is push myself. Rather than just sort of going to my go-to bits and ideas, it sort of pushed me to think outside, outside the box a little bit more, which was cool. As I couldn't attend because it was 12,000 miles away, um, I, I didn't 
send my miniatures or anything either. I decided to keep those because I was really proud of those. <laughs> but what I did do is I built a whole bunch of terrain and sent that to him. And it was really cool because they used it, him and the other chap that had the game in the end. They um, they actually used the pieces I sent, which was really cool because when he came to do the write-up, so the battle report um, on the, for the chapel, um, lo and behold, there were photos of these things I'd, I'd built. I'd built like a chapel fortress thing. I'd built like a, um, a little hole. He wanted something small, medium, and large, and uh, yeah, and it was kind of it was that was such a satisfying feeling. Going, oh, there's my uh, there's my bits and pieces, which was really cool. So I was disappointed that I couldn't go, but at the same time, I was pumped just to be invited, and and then as I say, to see uh, see some of my pieces that I'd built um, on his blog, on his battle report. So uh, I, you, you know what, I think Mark is definitely one of these guys who um, are on my want to meet list and that that list is steadily growing <laughs> um a lot of the people i follow and, and and i would say are my hobby heroes do actually reside in the uk i don't know why that is there's, a, there's some in america and all over the world really but there's a good chunk of them there from the blog um <clears throat> that reside in the uk so my I'm, I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here so my plan one day <laughs> is to do a bit of a pilgrimage over to the UK, uh, maybe with some of my American friends, and uh, and meet up with these these hobby heroes of mine, and we'll have a few beers and or cups of tea, whatever they drink, and uh, maybe have a few games and just share our miniatures and go look at this one. Oh, I remember this one. Oh, this is cool, and that would be absolute heaven. Mark doesn't only live and breathe the hobby for his own selfish needs. Um, <laughs> he's also a bit of an entrepreneur. He also likes to give back. So he has actually designed um, uh, like a terrain board type thing called Magbellum. But don't just take it from me. I'll read what his actual website says about it. Welcome to Magbellum the magnetic tile system ready for 3D printing that allows you to create your battlefields and then store it away easily once battle has been done. The tiles come in 6x6 and 3x3 sizes with different textures to suit many environments. So these aren't just flat plastic tiles. They're textured. They just, oh, they just ooze coolness. So definitely go and check out www.heresyofus.com. Um, you'll find Magbellum on there. Plus you'll find his, his work as well, his blog. Um, some standout pieces for me of his as far as miniatures are his um, relic tank, chapel relic tank, I think it is. Find that. You can find that on his blog. You can find that on his Instagram. Just this big monster of a tank, but then with this really ornate kind of... Uh, cool looking chapel on top and also the oh, I'm going to uh, screw up the enunciation but the Sanguilla um, procession <laughs> that's really cool too so go <coughs> excuse me so go check Mark out go check his website out go check his Instagram out absolutely brilliant heresy of us Thanks, Sam. It just said Sam. Thanks, Sam. Just to say, uh, keep up the good work and loving my work on Instagram. So it's obviously Sam from Instagram. 
If you'd like to email me, you can imperialrebelork at gmail.com for any reason, really, but preferably to do with miniatures uh, or the beloved hobby. You can find my Instagram, Imperial Rebel Orc. You can find my WordPress blog, which is www.imperialrebelorc.wordpress.com. Um, what have I been up to? Well, I've been working on this beast of a monster that I've called the God of Taint. Um, just taking my time with it. I have a tendency to, when I get excited about something, I have a tendency to sort of just throw myself at it and just rush it, but not. I'm not consciously rushing it. I just like go, 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 go. I've got to get it done, got to get it done for some kind of reason, impending doom maybe, I don't know. Um, but this bad boy, I'm taking my time with because I really, I don't know, I don't know, just want to, he's a bit of a trophy piece, I suppose, because he just, I guess because he's so big, um, he's a centerpiece, so I could put him in the center of the table at Christmas, you know, with the Christmas dinner uh, <laughs> and scare the kids. No, so the, he's basically a Nurgle model, um, but I've used bits from uh, statue pieces from terrain piece uh, kits, and I've used war cry kits. I've used um, uh, Sisters of Battle, um, the floating plinth thing, whatever that is. I've used a bit of that. Used all sorts really, and uh, but all mixed it in to look kind of Nurgly and monstrous and mutated and all that kind of thing. So so yeah. Pretty cool. I've also put a fair bit of work into the base this time around. Sometimes I, um, yeah, it's kind of a second thought, the base a little bit. Like I get so excited about the miniature that when it comes to the base, I just sort of plonk it on something and then flock it and that's kind of it. But with this one, I want it to be a little bit more interesting, not to detract away from the main model. I think some people make them, I've done it as well, you make the mistake of putting so much effort into the base that the model kind of fades into the distance a little bit. Um, uh, so it's, it's finding that balance between it, you know, so, but yeah, been chipping away on that. I'm, I've done the, uh, zenithal or zenithal, um, uh, technique where you basically, uh, like I said, with, with this particular model, I've, I've undercoated it black and then from a 45 degree angle, um, around it, above it, I've sprayed white, like in a dusting kind of action. Um, therefore to create like a natural sort of shadowing across the whole thing. Looks really cool. It's on Instagram. If you want to go and have a look at the picture, he's got this massive long tentacle arm with a massive blade hanging off it, which is really cool. Uh, yeah, so I'm hoping to, um, get some base colors on it either today or in the next couple of days. So that, that should be fun. Um, I'm also working on a little something for, um, one of my really close buddies, one of my best mates, um, for his birthday. I won't say too much now, just in case he ends up listening to the show, which I think he does sometimes. Hello, Keith. Um, and what else have I got going on? Oh, I've been, oh yeah, I've been on a bloody oh converting bender. I think I've needed to, I'm in lockdown at the moment because of the, the beloved COVID. Um, so, which is, which has been fine. Spent a lot more time with the kids and been doing the schooling and doing a few odd jobs. And so it's all good. But you know, I was feeling a little bit caged this week. So I did go on a couple of walks with the dogs and uh, I, I just by myself for a change, just to sort of get out of the, out of the house. And, uh, and I've also sort of thrown myself, um, 
into converting because that's my as as we all know that's my number one thing with the hobby so i think it was a bit of an escapism sort of thing and uh, just i built one after another for my massive hellgate project so and i've posted some of those online too so go check those as well guys um that's it for me and episode 32 i hope you enjoyed it i do a well do i apologize no i don't apologize for the rant but you know feel free to skip ahead if you're sort of going what is he banging on about but i just feel like sometimes things need to be said damn it um (laughs) look after yourselves guys and we'll see you in episode 33 cheers you've been listening to the imperial podcast